everyone. Welcome to today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. I'm your host, Janet Pilcher. Thanks for having a desire to be your best at work and help your organization achieve success. This podcast is all about actions we can take to improve workplace culture and achieve results. And they're all aligned to our nine principles for organizational excellence. As we end 2021, I've been interviewing individuals who participated in our Connect to Purpose at our What's Right in Education conference this year. Today, it's an honor for me to bring Christina Clark Friedrich to our podcast. I met Christina when I was a teacher at Woodham High School in the mid to late 80s. Christina was a student of mine and who I was lucky to sponsor in the Junior Miss pageant. Over the years, I've gotten to see Christina perform. She is so talented. She's teaching students right here in our hometown in the Escambia County School District in Pensacola, Florida. Christina is a K-12 certified music instructor who has spent years teaching elementary through high school orchestra students. She is the director of orchestra at Escambia County Schools, and I'm so proud to welcome her to our show today. It's such a pleasure to have Christina with us. Thank you. My pleasure. I love an opportunity to talk about my orchestra program. So so let's start a little bit with, if you would, share a little bit about your background and how you became the orchestra director at Escambia County Schools. Awesome. Okay. Well, I started out as an eight-year-old wanting to learn to play the violin and took from uh, the late and great Anna Tringas here in Pensacola. She uh, taught or violin for years in the Pensacola area. Um, my grandfather wanted me to play when I was little, uh, be a violinist, and he sponsored my lessons. Uh, when I was eight years old, my father decided to go back to college for music education, and he uh, ended up teaching orchestra in the public schools here in Pensacola. So with what I learned from Mrs. Tringas, I was able to be in the school orchestras, and I was the conductor's daughter pretty much my whole life. So to, to meet an educator that uh, has trained her whole life to do what she does, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So uh, grew up in the orchestra setting. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like such a, I mean, it's so natural for you to be where you are today and you're, and you're such a natural at it, you know, based on the, the videos that I've seen. It's so nice well, to thank see. Thank you. So as you, as you were playing music and then you decided to like come back into education, you know, what made you make that decision? Well, I, I actually, I graduated from high school and went to Florida State University on a uh, music performance scholarship and, you know, had plans to tour the United States and play with big symphonies. And then, you know, the closer I got to finishing my degree, my father was teaching orchestra and I ended up changing my major to music education, uh, knowing that I wanted to follow in his footsteps and, and do what he had, had done for 34 years. Yeah. So that's, that's what drove you. Okay. I, that's what, that was always the missing piece for me all these years. Right. I'm like, you know, you're a performer and I just like, oh, I wonder how you um, just got connected to that. So, you know, and I, I get, you're just phenomenal in the classroom with your, your students. And I know they have a special nickname for you. So can you tell us a little bit yes. about what that is and why, why, why so you have first, that nickname? <laughs> right. When I uh, first started teaching, I was teaching in the elementary schools, strictly elementary school. I had over 150 fifth grade violin students and 
they had a hard time with my last name. And one day a little girl just called me Miss, Miss Violin and it stuck. So now when they say, what, what do we call you? It's Miss, Miss Violin, Miss Cello or Miss Bass. I'm like, nope, Miss Violin. That worked good. And that stuck with you, Christina? That's kind of the, yeah. I've been teaching for over 15 years and it's Miss Violin. I love it. So um, that's what I, everyone, if I see you out, I'll know what to call you the next time I I see you. (laughs) Um, So tell me a little bit, you know, what do you really love about being an orchestra director? Well, I've been able to teach all ages from, like I said, fifth grade all the way through seniors in high school and starting these students as fifth graders, um, as babies, I get to watch them grow not only as musicians um, with their technique improving and their talent improving over the years, but I've watched them grow up into young adults. And even to this, to this day, I have students now that I teach whose parents I taught. I had oh, a gosh. Yeah. Full, full circle moment at all County this year. One of our cellists uh, was the son of a young woman that I actually taught when I was in my twenties. So being able to watch them grow, you know, most teachers, if you teach math or science or English, you, you teach them one year and you send them on to the next grade. And if you're lucky, they stay in touch with you. But I've, I'm able to watch my students grow and develop not only as musicians, but also as, you know, young into young adults. Very fulfilling. Yeah. You know, I didn't think about that, Christina, but that's right. I mean, you, you don't you don't have them for that one year class. I mean, you're really helping them grow into musicians. And, you know, I'm just uh, another curious thing. So, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming that kids come to you and some have talent or some they've taken lessons, but I would assume others like you're teaching them for the first time. Is that right? Right. As in the fifth grade program. Yes. So we uh, we're lucky enough in Miscamie County to have uh, classes starting in fifth grade on violin and they are beginners and then they feed into the middle schools and then from the middle schools, they feed into the high schools. So by the time they reach me at Washington, they're in ninth grade and they've been playing for several years. So I, yeah. I all different levels. And, and you have the opportunity to really see that growth. I mean, from the time that they're young to, to when they come to you as well, right? I do. Um, I have a couple students that are actually at UWF now pursuing degrees in music, which is nice. Yeah. But I also have students that will probably not major in music, but the music is something that they can do for the rest of their lives. Yeah. You know, they can be 50 years old, 60 years old, still playing the violin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, playing in their local church, going to, you know, playing for smaller groups, watching their children take orchestra and being able to help them. So it's something that I, what I'm teaching them, they're going to use forever. Absolutely. They, right. It, and they don't have to major in music. I have some students that are in college now that have used music to receive scholarships to be able to pay for college. So that's always nice to see. That's great. Well. Yeah. And they learn, you know, I've learned just from they learn different types of leadership skills or, you know, just different. They learn how to the musical that that always, you know, now right. I look back over kids who had opportunities to be involved. I mean, you learn so many skills when you when you get out and you're working, you learn those skills really transfer to help True. you and be a better person. Arts, definitely. You know, and, and another aspect, being able to get up in front of a crowd and actually perform in front of an audience, you know, that falls over into interviewing for a job. Exactly. It, Know, life skills. You definitely learn life skills. Managing your time when you're practicing, 
managing your time when you're preparing for a concert, all of that flows over into basic life skills. Yes, absolutely. So important. Um, You know, and as I think about the, um, as a teacher, you know, our role always obviously is to help students learn and we often end up learning a lot about from our students. So just can you share a few things you've learned from your students? Right. Well, of course, the past couple of years have been challenging, um, having to reimagine what teaching even looks like, being at home, trying to teach orchestra from a computer, you know, present a lot of challenges, but I became a lot closer to my students from having to deliver instruments to their homes and really getting personal one-on-one experience of what these kids deal with on a daily basis was Um, eye-opening. And I always tell people, you know, I, I need these kids as bad as they need me, you know, and such a lesson in humanity. And, and um, I took a cello to a student last summer and that's, she needed that in her life. And I needed to see her eyes light up when I arrived you know, with instrument and with the music, giving her something to do at home is just very gratifying. Um, and the, the fact that it is Thanksgiving this week, you know, um, I'm just very grateful that I have the opportunity to meet these kids and watch them grow. The important thing, though, that we've done in the last couple of weeks, talking about being back at school after COVID, how do we get our, our competitive edge back and listening to these children's ideas how we're going to encourage each other to be better musicians, to be better students. It's been very eye-opening. Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Christina. We um, So we help organizations with strategic direction and leadership and planning. And one of the things that we've done that we've learned is really including students in those sessions, those discovery sessions about what's important to them. And right. I mean, listening to what they have to say and their input, they have, they have solutions for us, you know, I mean, right. they have ideas and they have solutions. And sometimes, you know, unless we really ask, we forget, we forget what right. value they have. And we've been really challenged with, you know, how do we, what do performance opportunities look like now? Yeah. So what, how can we gather an audience? How can we perform together? We use individual music bands now and, as a string player, you can still, you know, mask up if you have to, but um, where are we going to perform? We need, you know, to reimagine performance venues. It's been fun collaborating with the students coming yes. up with ideas. We have a concert coming up in December and we're going to do a toy drive for the Ronald McDonald House. So, you know, letting them in on the discussion has been really nice. Yeah, that's great. That's great experience for them. So um, as we close today, we've uh, um, we just had a, a, a car- annual K-12 conference and uh, uh, many discussions in that conference was about people feeling, um, you know, just, I mean, the stress of the situation. Some people, right. some, as we talk to leaders, sometimes they're telling us, Christina, that, you know, this year is really in many ways harder than last year because last year we people gave us the answer, but now we're having to find the answers to how we kind of manage through this. So people are really feeling that stress, you know, so just any advice from you, you know, how, how can people find that new purpose, you know, to connect with, with what they do? Well, one thing I did the week before we left, I had a discussion, I had a conversation, having conversations with your students is very important other than just teaching the subject matter. And, you know, we can practice to our blue in the face. We can learn about music, but I stopped and I asked them, 
I said, what, what can I do? How can we get our competitive edge back? How, how am I going to, how are you going to hold yourself accountable for practicing? How are we going to improve upon what we're presenting at our concert in December? Because prior to staying at home and being at home, we were pretty competitive as musicians. I know that yeah. teachers is having a trouble, having trouble getting students to audition for parts in the play, you know, finding that drive to be outgoing. And then the one thing my students said is just me bring that up. They hadn't thought about that. You know, once they went home for COVID, they were behind a computer screen. They didn't have to mm-hmm. get and get dressed and, and, and be held accountable. I said, how are we going to hold ourselves accountable? And they said, me just asking and starting the conversation helps a lot. Um, holding mm-hmm. each other, the, the students holding each other accountable. They're coming up with ideas to perform for each other in smaller, smaller situations. So really ask your students what they need from you. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised at the answers to your students, what they need from you, other than learning how to do a math problem, (laughs) you know, you'd be surprised. I love that. And uh, I was um, just in Chicago at a conference session with um, a number of superintendents last week, and several of them were talking just about what you did. What we've learned is that when we ask our students you know, we get different answers and we get better answers sometimes than if we were trying to solve them ourselves. So I think that's great right. advice for um, for all of us, Christina. So I appreciate you being with us today. Well, thank and, you. you know, thank just you. so happy to, to see you and see the success that you have in, in life and, and the, just the talented individual that you are in taking that thank out so and much. bringing it to the people. And as, ed- as an educator, I want everyone to know we're getting our groove back. The educators, we are, we are leading the charge. And we appreciate what you do for us as well. That's great. Thanks, Christina. Thank you so much, Janet. What a joy to see someone who you knew as a student become a teacher and make an impact and have great influence on students. Such a wonderful opportunity for our students and families to experience the arts in such a significant way. I am so appreciative of the difference that Christina makes in the lives of students from elementary level to high school, and as she sees them through the arts to a great future. Thank you, Christina, for being with us today. And as always, I thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. Please share the podcast and leave us a review if you would like on Apple Podcasts. I look forward to connecting with you next time as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work. Have a great week.